You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Crossover Edition as we do every Thursday before Sunday games. The Los Angeles Rams coming up for the 49ers in week 12, which means I'll be chatting with Sosa Kremenges, host of Locked On Rams. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On. You'll get 20% off your next order. Scratch that this weekend, make that 25% off at BuiltBar.com for Black Friday. Listeners of Locked On Rams and Locked On 49ers, welcome to your Thursday episode of both podcasts here. We're going to host our crossover special as we usually do. I am Sosa Kremenges, the host of Locked On Rams, and I'm joined by my guy Brian Peacock. You can find us on Twitter at QB's MVP. Myself, you can find Brian at BD Peacock. He's the host of Locked On 49ers. As you guys know, this is going to be their second contest between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. And obviously in the first game, the 49ers were victorious. They did play at home. The Rams had to travel in that contest. And the 49ers won that game by a score of 24 to 16. Uh, But with that being said, you know, the 49ers have been hit big time with the COVID bug right now. And there's a lot of uncertainty with the team and who may and may not be available in this contest. So with that being said, you know, Brian, how are you, my man? It's nice to see you again. Uh, hopefully this time it's a little bit different in terms of the results, but why don't you go ahead and update us in terms of what's happening with the 49ers right now? Yeah, and happy holidays to everybody out there. Safe travels and safe social interactions because I'm getting worried about a blow up of this COVID that's already kind of happening around the NFL and, and happening, you know, countrywide here and the 49ers currently have nine players on the covid reserve list and i almost think that there's a chance that this game could potentially get moved there's not really many places to move it they could try to push it back a couple of days monday tuesday or something like that trent williams is a big one because uh it has been confirmed that he has tested positive for it so he's not a a close contact he's actually someone who's tested positive for it and he's a cancer survivor so you have to worry about a little bit of pre-existing stuff with With Trent Williams, and I don't have any information on whether or not he's got symptoms or anything like that, but he has tested positive for COVID-19, one of nine players that's on the COVID reserve list right now, and that's a huge, I mean, just from a game perspective, that's a precipitous drop to go from Trent Williams, who currently, he had one bad game this year, but he's been the 49ers' best offensive lineman. He's pro football focus's highest graded tackle in the NFL so far this year, and going from him to Justin School is a big drop. And the 49ers are already going to have to contend with some some problems in the middle of that defense, as every team does that faces the Rams in Aaron Donald, too. And so uh, that that's a tough loss for the 49ers this week, and he most likely will not play. And there are eight other players. Brandon Ayuk, it's his second time being on the COVID reserve list. He was just a close contact of Kendrick Bourne last time. He missed the Packers game a few weeks ago. He's currently on it. Uh, Eric Armstead is on it as well. DJ Jones, so two starting defensive linemen there, are on the COVID reserve list for the 49ers. Uh, Some backup players, another defensive lineman, Jordan Willis. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, I miss Javon Kinlaw. He's also on the COVID reserve list. He went on with Eric Armstead just after the last game. So there's still some time for some of these players, a couple backups as well. Uh, Ronis Grassou, backup center, and Joe Walker, special teams guy, linebacker. So nine players overall, and there's still some time. You know, we're recording this on Wednesday, so there's still some time for 
the protocols to happen and negative tests to happen and get some of these players back. But right now it's going to be rough for the 49ers, specifically uh, up front, man, uh, missing three of their starters in Kinlaw, both of the interior starters, DJ Jones and Javon Kinlaw. And Eric Armstead, if these things uh, hold true and they don't have those negative tests, it could be a rough one for San Francisco. Yeah, that's incredibly unfortunate news. Obviously, you you want uh, to see everyone healthy and, and being able to play in the league. But, um, you know, this is just part of the season, I guess, and, and something we have to deal with in this season. And like you mentioned, uh, you know, they could potentially reschedule it. They did just announce that they're rescheduling the Pittsburgh Steelers and mm-hmm. Baltimore Ravens game that was scheduled for the Thursday night football game. So, Sorry to everyone. Uh, I know you guys aren't going to be able to enjoy Thanksgiving just as much. And um, it's unfortunate, you know, because that was the best game of the day. But with that being said, man, they got to be scheduled or they got to be flexible. People um, knew this was going to be the situation coming into the season. Uh, But with that being said, it just doesn't feel very fair for the 49ers, right? They already had so many injuries. Uh, They lost so many good players already to season ending injuries. And not just that, but there are a lot of players with question marks coming into this game, guys like Raheem Mostert and Debo Samuel and some of the names that you mentioned as well. So is there any way that you can give us an injury update kind of that's you know going on with the team right now? I know it's going to be tough to say. Like you said, we're recording on Wednesday, so it is a little early. But um, you know that offense is very battered and bruised right now. Do you have any idea about who may be able to play in this one and who might not? Yeah, and this was supposed to be the week post by that the 49ers got healthy and got a lot of people back, and then COVID rears its ugly head and, and threw a wrench into that work. So the 49ers will likely not be even close to complete again. But Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, two running backs, the 49ers, though, have opened their practice window, and it looks like they're at least limited this week, and there's a good chance they're both back and ready to play Sunday. So that'll be a huge boost to the 49ers running game, which has really underachieved so far this season. I think Raheem Mostert will be a big factor there with his big playability and his speed uh, in that outside zone running game and just gashing defenses. I think that'll be huge for the 49ers to get him back on offense. Debo Samuels, another one he's been dealing with an injury and uh, he's hoping to be back this week. And on the other side of the ball, it's Richard Sherman, which could be a huge addition at cornerback, even though Emmanuel Mosley and Jason Verrett have played pretty well in his absence. I would imagine Mosley goes to the bench in that case and Verrett and uh, Richard Sherman would be the pairing. And who knows, Mosley might even slip in there and play a little bit of nickel with K1 Williams being out for the 49ers defense. So they should get some reinforcements back this week. Uh, not quite looking like it's going to be the, the full squad that they hope to get back. And then Jimmy Garoppolo is still a few weeks out at the earliest, and who knows if they'll get George Kittle back. I think he had an eight-week recovery time with eight weeks to play when, when he had his latest injury. So if the 49ers somehow are able to be in it at the end of the season, I bet we'll see George Kittle again. But if they stay sub-500, I think George Kittle's season will be done. So that's where the injury front is right now as we uh, head toward Sunday for the 49ers. I'm glad you mentioned, uh, you know, Richard Sherman in that cornerback group in specific, because going back to that first game between the Rams and the 49ers, like I mentioned, the 49ers won that game 24 to 16. And the Rams had, you know, some marginal success on the ground in terms of the rushing game. They did pretty decent starting running back. Daryl Henderson almost had 100 yards rushing, but the Rams really couldn't pass the ball all too well in that game. And that's sort of been a theme for the Rams against the 49ers and you know, under the Sean McVay regime and the Jared Goff-led team and offense, at least for the last year, year and a half, maybe even two years. So with that being said, uh, the Rams only had 198 passing yards in that first game, and there wasn't any receiver that actually crossed more than 45 yards. Josh Reynolds led the team uh, 
in receiving yardage in terms of the receiving room, Tyler Higby actually led the team with 56 yards receiving. So uh, with Richard Sherman potentially coming back, and then like you mentioned, Kwan Williams not being available due to the suspension, uh, do you expect that this? Do you expect this to kind of continue in this game, or do you think that the Rams are going to be able to have? maybe a little bit more success in the passing game against the 49ers secondary. Yeah, it's tough. There's two major things that I'd be worried about for the 49ers defense against the the Rams offense this week. And one of those is that the Niners need to get those players back on the defensive line because you got to pressure Jared Goff. I think that's one of the keys against any team that plays against Jared Goff. And, and like a lot of quarterbacks, he's much better when he's not being pressured than when he is. And the Rams are so good at scheming open and, and, and targeting players in the slot, whether it's tight end or wide receiver or Cooper Cup. And without Kwan Williams, getting Richard Sherman back might allow the 49ers to do a little bit more in the defensive backfield and be more flexible there. Maybe it's Mosley who lines up in the slot more. They've been showing more three safety looks, and I think this is a really good changeup by Robert Saul on the 49ers defense recently, and I hope it stays throughout the season, is getting their best 11 on the field and having Tarverius more play free safety than they can utilize with Jaquaski Tart out. Jimmy Ward's flexibility to move around and maybe cover some players in the slot, play a little bit more of a strong safety role, move him around, and then they've been using Marcel Harris as sort of a money backer situation. I like that lineup for the 49ers, especially against a team like the Rams. So I think we'll see some of those things to try to make up for it. But the pass rush is the 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 one thing that really worries me going up against this uh, Sean McVay and Jared Goff led Rams team. Yeah, and flipping to the other side of the ball, you know, we got to look at that offense. And, you know, we talked about it already. Now, there's a lot of question marks, obviously, with the COVID stuff. There's a lot of question marks in terms of guys coming back from IR who might be available, who might not be. You know, the change at quarterback, George Kittle potentially not being available, probably not. Um, and, it, you know, that's unfortunate, like I mentioned, obviously. But, you know, I look back at that first game between the Rams and the 49ers. And a lot of those names that were especially key for the 49ers, guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, all the most important pieces, all the guys that performed incredibly well and really, you know, won that game for the 49ers, potentially might not be available in this game. And so... Uh, what can Rams fans expect to see from the offense in terms of a potential game plan? I know that the team is obviously very different. Uh, so how have things kind of changed going from, you know, a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo to a guy like Nick Mullins? You know, the Mullins offense hasn't looked a lot different than what the really gadgety Garoppolo offense looked like when they brought Garoppolo back, which we know now was probably too soon from his high ankle sprain uh, against the Rams and everything was short it was like a zero air yards offense and shovel passes to Debo Samuel and, and they've kept things very short and very condensed with Nick Mullins in there and I think they would like to do more of that so I think uh and and you know Kyle Shanahan had some extra time with the bye week to plan for this so I'm sure he's got some wrinkles ready to go but he needs some uh some bullets out there to be able to do that and so Brandon Ayuk on the COVID reserve list and Debo Samuel, those are two big ones. If those guys are back, then he'll be able to scheme up a lot and a lot of catch and run stuff. And you'll see the Yak Bros or most of the Yak Bros without George Kittle be out on the field and try to make some plays. If they don't have those two playmakers on offense, it's going to be, you know, sell out against the run if you're the Rams and and make Nick Mullins beat you. And that'll be much more difficult without all of those playmakers on offense. So uh, it is a tough task for the 49ers offense. I would expect to see more of the same leaking out some fullbacks, leaking out some tight ends, uh, you know, and those types of things, trying to scheme players open and catch and run situations. Uh, I would imagine would continue to be a huge part of the 49ers offense Sunday. 
Yeah, like you said, you know, we've seen it in the first game. There's a lot of, you know, gadgety stuff, a lot of dink and dunk kind of stuff. And uh, a lot of what we've seen from Sean McVay over the last few years, too. So it's very similar. I think Rams fans are probably going to be very familiar with the offense in terms of, like I mentioned, you know, the Rams do a lot of the similar and same stuff. So um, it's going to be a fun matchup, I think. And unfortunately for the 49ers, they probably will be missing some firepower on that offense and potentially even more players on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but, you know, that's just kind of the way the game goes. And unfortunately, that's just, you know, how it's going to go in this one. So uh, with that being said, man, coming up in just a moment, Brian and I are going to flip the table here. We're going to change seats and he's going to ask me his questions as they pertain to the Los Angeles Rams. And while we've got you, don't forget to come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. You can find me at QB's MVP. You can find Brian at BD Peacock and you can find the page at Locked on Rams. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. A refreshing sidekick for whichever game you're most focused on. I personally, paying it a little extra close attention now, got some more skin in the game this season with us keeping track of our picks on the Peacock and Williamson podcast every week. You always need a little refreshment next to you watching football when it's all day and things get a little intense at times. You might need a little extra. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day to become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. In the first segment, I asked Brian my questions as they pertain to the San Francisco 49ers, giving Rams Nation a little bit better of an idea of what to expect in this Week 12 matchup between two divisional foes. And now Brian's going to ask me his questions as they relate to the Rams. And hopefully 49ers fans can get a better feel for what the Rams are at this stage in the game. Because I feel like over the last few weeks, the Rams have kind of start to hit their stride and start to look like the team that many people kind of, at least, you know, in Rams media and Rams fans expected them to be going into this season. So Brian, I hand it off to you, my man. Yeah, I have a lot of questions about this Rams team right now, and uh, they've been impressive, obviously tied for first, and and they have that win over the Seahawks and and a couple of very impressive wins the last couple of weeks against the Seahawks and the Buccaneers. Uh, I love the way the Rams are playing. Uh, I love what's going on with Jared Goff looking confident out there. And my question, first of all, is sort of a, a bigger picture question with Sean McVay and with Jared Goff. Like, how is that relationship going? How has that development continued with the coach and the quarterback? Because you start to look back at the Sean McVay era and the records look really good. And a lot of people wanted to run Jared Goff out of town right after a nine and seven season. And if there was that extra playoff spot, the Rams would have been a playoff team. So it's not like they fell, you know, as far as some people make it out to be from the Super Bowl to a nine and seven team just overall right now, after we've seen, you know, a good portion of this season, where is that Rams organization, that football team, and particularly that uh, marriage of McVay and Jared Goff? You know, I think it's been great. I think they've done a very good job rebounding in terms of just the record and the success that they had on offense in 2018 that they kind of lacked in 2019. And like you mentioned, you know, I think that their their demise from you know the Super Bowl run and whatever was just overstated in general you know uh 49ers fans are seeing it now you know post Super Bowl things get hard man you face the toughest schedule uh injuries are eventually going to happen they happened to the Rams last season as well 
And then you look at, like you mentioned, you know, the marriage between Sean McVay and Jared Goff this season, and they've been tremendous together. I feel like you look at how Sean McVay has schemed the offense, and I think he's done a very, very good job kind of going back into the lab with a first-time offensive coordinator for the Rams, at least, in Kevin O'Connell, who they just hired this offseason, who, you know, the Rams didn't have a real offensive coordinator last season. I think that's helped them tremendously in terms of sitting down during the offseason, kind of crafting a plan for this offense, you know, looking at the talent that they have available, the players that they have available, and really crafting an offense that's going to work best for everyone involved. You see, you know, the offensive line may not be as talented as some other offensive lines are, and that's why the Rams are playing the way they're playing. You know, they're not dropping back seven-step drops and five-step drops and asking Jared Goff to hold the ball for, you know, five seconds at a time, throwing all these deep passes. The Rams hardly throw deep balls at all this season. I think they might be one of the least ranked teams when it comes to deep attempts. And so um, you look at the ability to, you know, use a lot of gadgety stuff, like we mentioned for the 49ers in the first segment. The Rams are still doing that, a lot of jet sweep stuff. Uh, the running game, they're, you know, they've resurrected. And I think that's probably been the biggest difference for the Rams is that the running game is finally working again. It's keeping them ahead of the chains and in manageable third down situations. And that's when Jared Goff is at his best. He's most comfortable when he can operate in an offense that's in a rhythm and when he doesn't have to drop back on third and 10 or third and 12 and force the ball downfield. That's typically when the mistakes come. That's when the interceptions happen, when the sack fumbles happen because he holds the ball too long with his internal clock not working as well as some other guys. Um, But yeah, like I mentioned, you know, I think, the Rams have done a very good job scheming offense. I think McVay has done a very good job limiting Jared Goff even when, you know, certain times there are third and longs and, uh, you know, you want to see a attempt at a first down as a fan or as an analyst or whatever. You know, sometimes Sean McVay is going to play it safe. He's, he's proven to be a very conservative offensive play caller yeah. in this league. And I think he understands that sometimes Jared Goff can kind of push that ball a little bit too much. And so he might throw a screen on third and 10 that, you know, everyone knows is not really going to convert, but you have a very low chance of potentially converting or just kind of keeping Jared Goff out of his own way at times. And I think that the marriage between them has been very good this season. And you can't really argue with the results because I feel like Jared Goff is definitely having one of the better seasons, if not the best season of his career so far. And I I have to shout out the coach on the other side of the ball too, and Brandon Staley. And I think it was a ballsy move by Sean McVay to move away from Wade Phillips. And I don't know the entire story there, but I think they found the right guy. I love the way Jalen Ramsey's being used on defense. I would have to imagine right now that Brandon Staley should be getting consideration for, uh, you know, one of the uh, awards for the best defensive coordinator in the NFL with the, what he's doing and the way he's scheming things up on defense for the Rams. Cause that was one of the, places in the offseason where you worried about the Rams and losing some some talent on the defensive side of the ball and they're playing better like you mentioned yeah it was definitely a risky move uh it was definitely a a questionable one even you know you get rid of a legend in Wade Phillips a guy who's seen and done it all I mean the guy's a legend for a reason and they moved to a first-time defensive coordinator in the NFL but it made sense in in the sense that You know, Sean McVay goes back looking at the games in 2018 against, you know, the Chicago Bears, even when that quarters based defense to cover four defense gave the Rams all sorts of trouble. I mean, the Rams were really unstoppable in that season. Their offense was just dominant game in, game out. And then they go against Vic Fangio in that cover four based defense and they struggled mightily. I mean, Jared Goff, I think, threw four or five interceptions. Uh, The Rams lost the game by like, you know, a score of like 15 to six or something. Uh, it was just straight, 
you know, slaughtering uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, I got to mention that Brandon Staley was on that staff and he's been under Vic Fangio in Chicago. And then he traveled with Vic Fangio to Denver recently in, you know, his latest stop there. And that's exactly why I think Sean McVay, you know, targeted a guy like that. He even mentioned it uh, when they hired him, that this was a guy that they wanted to interview. They interviewed him and, you know, he was that cover for based kind of guy. And that's the same scheme that gave the Rams so much trouble trying to find out. And so, uh, Sean McVay said, you know, I found the Sean McVay of the defensive side of the ball. And so uh, it was a risky proposition hiring a guy who's never, you know, coordinated a defense at the NFL level, a guy who was just at a, you know, division two college just a few years ago. But I mean, Brandon Staley has done an absolutely marvelous job. You can't even understate just how special of a play caller he's been for the Rams right now. You know, like you mentioned, they lost a lot of talent on that defensive side of the ball. They lost guys like Dante Fowler. Corey Littleton, guys that got paid a lot of money in free agency, guys that were, you know, targeted heavily in free agency. And those were talented players that the Rams probably couldn't afford to lose. Then you look at guys like Clay Matthews. They literally lost two edge starters in one offseason, and they didn't really add all that much talent in terms of, you know, high-end draft picks or anything like that or very high-priced free agents. And so he's being able to extract every drop of talent, I think, from that side of the ball. And that's what's made all the difference. He's putting guys in positions to succeed. You see the ability to scheme a pass rush because, you know, outside of Aaron Donald, the Rams don't have any dominant talents when it comes to the pass rush, but they've been able to muster one up by way of scheme. And then you look at, you know, like you mentioned, Jalen Ramsey, who might be the best cornerback in football. He's using him in various ways uh, to his advantage. And, uh, it, you know, the results speak for themselves. The Rams right now are probably a top two, top three defense, maybe the best defense. I think you could make that case. Uh, and it's been huge for the Rams offense because it's putting less on their shoulders and, you know, they don't have to score 30 points every game because they do know that they have a very, very good defense on the other side of the ball. That's very opportunistic as well. They've been very good at creating takeaways and you can't really say enough of the job that Brandon Staley's done in his first defensive coordinator role in the NFL. You know, and, and maybe it's just me or maybe I haven't noticed it before, but I feel like cover four is like all the rage right now in the NFL. Everyone's using it more. The Rams, the 49ers are definitely using it more. Uh, that's uh, that's yep. that's very interesting. And, and I think it's a good way to keep plays in front of you, keep limit big plays, go rally, tackle, uh, tackle the, the ball carriers in front of you. And um it's, it's interesting that so many teams are going to that right now. Uh, we're running out of time in this segment, I know, but I, I do have some matchup points that I, that I want to talk about a little bit with. We, we can probably wrap those into our predictions in the next segment. But one more personnel question I have for you when it concerns the Rams and it concerns my fantasy team. What's going on with Cam Akers? Can we get him the ball more? Is he the lead back this year ever? You know, I think they're starting to make that transition a little bit. Uh like you, you know, prior to this season, I was hammering the K-Makers thing. I was all in on K-Makers, uh, and it's been unfortunate. But, you know, he had an injury that kind of set him back for a little bit there, it, you know, during the early part of the season. But I think they're slowly starting to get him more work. He led the team in rushing attempts in Week 10, and then he scores his first NFL touchdown in Week 11 here this past week. So I think they're slowly starting to transition into his way a little bit more. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we look back in two or three weeks and he's not necessarily the guy in terms of 20 to 25 touches, but if he's leading the backfield, you know, most weeks in touches. So I, I kind of expect it to go that way. All right. Well, let's get to some predictions. What do you say? Let's do it. I'm ready for it. Welcome back to our final segment. Brian and I are now going to share, you know, our matchups and our predictions to look out for and really what we expect to happen in this contest. And 
as you guys know, the 49ers obviously won the first game. So this game is very important for the Rams. I think probably not necessarily much more important for the Rams than the 49ers. Obviously, the 49ers would want to get to start to make up some ground in the NFC West and and to, you know, close the gap in terms of a potential playoff spot. But for the Rams, they would probably like to split this series at least and start to stack up a few divisional wins. Uh, but with that being said, you know, it's going to be a tough matchup. I think these are two teams, obviously, that are very familiar. Uh, it's going to be, you know, a, a, I expect a low, you know, a low scoring game, a very physical game, as it kind of always is between these two teams, especially recently. Uh, you know, two very good defenses, I feel like. So and two coaching staffs that know each other, obviously, incredibly well. So, yeah. uh, Brian, I'll kick it to you first. Why don't you share your prediction first and then I'll uh, I'll hop in right after. Yeah. And there's so many things working against the 49ers in this matchup. And, and one of the things I haven't talked about yet that I think is really going to hurt San Francisco is the the stars on the Rams side of the ball. And there was even a lot made of it in, you know, on social media about Aaron Donald being shut out in that last matchup. I have a feeling he's going to be angry. And unfortunately for rookie Colton McKivitz, the fifth round pick who the 49ers really like, and he's going to be in there starting at right guard. He has recently, this is going to be a welcome to the NFL moment for him. And I do not like that matchup for the 49ers with Aaron Donald, maybe having a little extra, a little extra chip on his shoulder this week, going against a rookie uh, offensive lineman, even if he was a first round pick. So Donald versus Colton McKivitz is a matchup that I am afraid of for Nick Mullins. And uh, he could really wreck that 49ers offense. And we'll see if Kyle Shanahan's able to scheme the ball away from Aaron Donald again, like he did the first time. And then you have Brandon Staley, who now has all of that film to watch from how Kyle Shanahan schemed things up against him the first time. And so we'll see what his, you know, uh, see if he zags now and if, if Shanahan can zig to that zag. And so we'll see that matchup, which will be super fun to watch Shanahan versus Staley. And then if and the 49ers are lacking personnel on offense on the outside, too. So if Brandon Ayuk stays on the COVID-19 list and doesn't play, they don't have George Kittle in this game. So now you just have an easy matchup for Jalen Ramsey to follow the 49ers best receiver left in Debo Samuel, or maybe if Debo Samuel can't come back and it's Brandon Ayuk off the list and able to play, then you just put Ramsey on the best 49ers wide receiver. And it's just going to make things so difficult for the 49ers offense. So I don't like that matchup at all, but the 49ers have had the Rams number. And if things do go in the 49ers favor, you would hope that maybe a short week and the travel back to the East coast and back to LA for the Rams would would hurt them and the 49ers are able to get everybody back and on the field and passing COVID protocols and hoping that Robert Sala still has Sean McVay and, and Jared Goff's number on the offensive side of the ball. That's a tough ask, I think, this week for for, for the 49ers and, and where they're at. And so there's a reason that the Rams are favored by seven points in this game, and I think that's a pretty good line. And obviously straight up, I don't see how you could not pick the Rams in this game. Maybe the 49ers can keep it within a touchdown, but that's, I think, even a tough ask right now. The fact that they have had the Rams number maybe makes me think it's possible, but they're so severely undermanned potentially at this point in Wednesday, not knowing who's even going to be able to play for the 49ers. uh, I would probably even give up those seven points and and not even uh, bet that the, the 49ers can keep it within a touchdown. Yeah, that's what makes this tough is I'm looking at the matchups that, you know, are intriguing to me and that I want to keep my eyes on. And I just don't know who's going to go. Right. It's tough to say. But, um, you know, the one thing that is really keeping my you know interest and in something that I'm going to be looking out for all, all of Sunday during this game is that 
I want to see Nick Mullins versus the Rams corners. You know, the Rams arguably have the best duo at corner in football right now in Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams, who has been arguably better than Ramsey. I mean, he's been playing so well. Uh, and I want to see, you know, obviously we know, you know, Nick Mullins is going to play that safe game. Like you mentioned, it's going to be a lot of gadgety stuff. I don't think they're going to try to push the ball very often, but there are going to be certain points where, you know, it's going to be second long, third and long, third and 12, third and 14, whatever it might be where, you know, Nick Mullins is going to have to push the ball eventually. And I want to see if, you know, he's going to be able to test these corners, if he's going to be willing to test these corners, and if the Rams corners are going to be able to take advantage of potentially errant passes. I think that they can probably expect one or two of them to come to the, you know, come their way. Uh, and they've been able to take advantage thus far this season. But, you know, every week is a different game. And, and I'm curious to see whether they're going to be able to do the same in this one. I, you know, they have the ability and the talent to really change the outcome of any game with how talented they are so i'm definitely looking out there and then on the other side of the ball you know i want to see if the rams can establish any kind of offense in general in this game the 49ers like you mentioned you know robert sala has had the you know number of sean McVay and the rams offense at least in the past two seasons or over the past three games for sure and i just want to see if the rams can get in any kind of rhythm are they going to look comfortable at any point are they going to look like they did on Monday night football against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where you know the Buccaneers are a really good defense too and the Rams didn't really have much trouble in the first half they were really just trading punch for punch scored 17 points in the first half they struggled a bit in the second half but you know ultimately they got the job done when their offense needed it and I want to see if the Rams can do that in this game are they going to be able to stay ahead of the chains are they going to stay in third and manageable situations or is it going to be a whole lot of you know, punting back and forth, three points here, three points there. And, you know, I kind of expect something closer to that scoreline or, you know, that kind of a game where it's going to be a lot of strong defensive play. I don't really expect either offense to come out firing uh, very often. I think a low scoring game is probably what we can expect. But like yourself, and I feel like this is the second time we've done this this season, I believe we both, uh, you know, picked the Rams. You picked the Rams to cover, I think, in the first game. And I think I picked the Rams to win in terms of their prediction. I'm going to have to lean that way as well. Again, in this one, I just don't know, you know, what the 49ers uh, offense looks like, their defense looks like, their, who's going to be able to play, who's not going to be able to play. Um, you know, the Rams are coming in hot in this game, obviously. They've won two in a row against two very good teams, two very good offenses. I feel like they're finally clicking. They're they're hitting their stride a bit here. And like I mentioned, I think this game is a very, very important one for the Rams. I think they don't want to go down 0-2 to the 49ers, obviously, they got to start to make up ground on, you know, the Seahawks who have an absolute cakewalk of a schedule the rest of the way. So the Rams definitely got to start to take care of business because they still have a lot of tough games ahead of them. And I think that starts this week. And that's why I'm going to pick the Rams to score 21. And I think the 49ers will score 10. So I think the Rams will win this game 21 to 10. And that pretty much does it for this game. And I think it's going to be a fun one. Uh, I expect it to be an interesting one. Hopefully the 49ers can get healthy. Over the next few days, hopefully some of the players can get cleared from that COVID protocol. Uh, like you mentioned, they still have some time to do it. So, you know, we're going to have some updates moving forward and we're going to see who's going to be available and what really happens in this game. And with that being said, happy Thanksgiving to you guys, all that are listening uh, to the Americans. Uh, I am personally a Canadian, so to my Canadians, we already had Thanksgiving, <laughs> but enjoy the football. Uh, enjoy this game. Enjoy week 12. The Rams and the 49ers are scheduled to kick off. I believe at 4.05 p.m. Eastern, which is my time zone, and that would technically not be 
you know, the afternoon for you West Coasters, which is probably most of you guys. But thanks for listening, guys. Uh, enjoy week 12, and we'll catch you on the Monday episode of the Locked on Rams and Locked on 49ers podcast. You can find us on Twitter at QBsMEP, at BDPeacock, and you can find the Rams page at Locked on Rams.